And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animaniacast. Sleeping, creeping, leaping down the street. Freakazoids, the humanoid who simply can't be beat. They will fight day and night to defeat a fiendish foe. So let's begin as we begin a Steven Spielberg show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Freakazoid and Friends. That's right. It's the spin-off series of the Animaniacast. This is the only podcast that lets you freak out about Freakazoid. And here we pick a totally random episode that's in sequential order, and we revisit all the cultural references and gags, and of course, in the end, we give this episode of Freakazoid a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. Bonjour, Lobie. <laughs> that is one happy man. And across the country <laughs> in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. Hello. Well, we have, a, a, I would say, an episode of Freakazoid to cover today that is, oh gosh, this is one of the iconic episodes of the show. Um, this is this is when you when you kind of point at Freakazoid and what makes it unique. Um, season two, episode one, is uh, one of those shows. This includes. The Steven Spielberg Show, which is a short little intro, and of course the main segment is Dexter's Date. Uh, and if you, you were to describe this episode of Freakazoid in just a few words, uh, what would you say, Nathan? Uh, it's like Mrs. Doubtfire. Kinda. Oh, kind of? <laughs> yes. And Kelly, what about you? And There was a brief glimpse of steven spielberg that's true this is very <laughs> true steven spielberg does make a cartoon appearance in this which kelly i was just saw a real life appearance of steven spielberg I did. she went to she went to, went to go see washington dc to go see john williams in concert at his birthday yep. bash so yep. we just talked all about that on our patreon thing by the way so if you want to hear about that well, head on over to patreon.com slash animaniacast for all the and all, details. All the effort I went through just to get oh there. Oh my god. The, the, <laughs> it was it was it was a, a, a an effort like no none other, I should say. <laughs> Today we have of course, like I said, season two, episode one. Nathan, can you please tell us when did this episode of Freakazoid first premiere? Oh, that is a good question. Let me look this up. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, this episode came out on September 7th. Uh, this was a Saturday. It was a 1996, which, you know, as we all know, that was the same day as uh, the Animaniacs episode, One Flew Over the Cuckoo Clock and Ooh. Cutie and the Beast, Boo Happens at Noel. Both of those episodes came out today. This was the season four premiere of Animaniacs. So there was a double, double showing of that. 
Um, and then, you know, this was one day after the, uh, the hit movie of Adam Sandler, uh, Bulletproof. We all remember that movie. <laughs> and the other hit movie starring Whoopi Goldberg, Gerard Depardieu, and Haley Joel Osment, uh, Bogus, you know, that movie. No. We all love that one. Um, and then, uh, you know, like in the music, uh, Macarena was at the top of the Billboard list. Of this is course like it was. week in a row. You know, this is, it went on for like 38 weeks or something. You know, like ridiculous amount. <laughs> it really was ridiculous. So that Macarena song. And it's still, I mean, hey, it's still, people still know the dance moves to the Macarena. And there's um, even an Animaniacs video. I never, I never did know them. So you never knew the m- dance moves to the Macarena. Oh my! By gosh. the Bayside Boys mix. <laughs> we had to. I, I I knew the. I had to dance the Macarena at Chuck E. Cheese as Chuck E. Cheese. Oh no! Yes, I had to. So you, most people just did it normally. I had to do it in a hot suit. Yeah. I didn't know you yeah, were Chuck E. Cheese. Oh yeah, both Nathan and I both were. Charles, Here, Charles Entertainment Cheese, please. Fromage. <laughs> Charles Entertainment Fromage. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, you get to learn new things about us every every day, folks. Uh, so many secrets. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of today's episode. Uh, we're going to start off with a cold open, and I believe it's just called The Steven Spielberg Show. Now, we don't really know who wrote this. It says in our notes, Nathan, written by Tom Ruger, question mark. Is yeah, that... I forgot to double check it, but that's what the... <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish I knew ahead of time. I could have just texted Tom and said, hey, is Tom, is this, <laughs> is this written by you? But uh, it, it, at any rate, it is a parody of Bob Clampett's Beanie and Cecil cartoon show. Uh, which Beanie and Cecil we've talked about before in previous uh, episodes of Animaniacs. Of course, Puppet Rulers had a bunch of you know that was Meanie and Treacle, but uh, this is this is Be- this is a parody of the Beanie and Cecil, I believe, cartoon show. There was, of course, it started off as real puppets, uh, but uh, then in the '60s it was uh, they were cartoons. I- I'm familiar with the Beanie and Cecil cartoon because my dad, just like today, were kids are shown animaniacs from their parents our dad liked to show bullwinkle <laughs> rocky and bullwinkle to us uh, and we would actually go to the close uh, the blockbuster close to us and we would rent a copy of beanie and cecil on vhs and actually watched uh, watched it a few times and uh, so when i saw this in 1996 i got the reference right away it was so I didn't need the internet for this one. Uh, anyway, it's it, it it it's it sounds a lot like the original Beanie and Cecil song. So let's play some of the Beanie and Cecil song right now. Join us for fun with Beanie and lovable gullible, harmless harmless, ten foot tall and wet. Cecil the sea six sea serpent created by Bob Clampett. I <laughs> So come on, kids, let's rip our lids. So there we go. So you can you can hear the the similarity right there. Uh, 
Well, Kelly, I think we all know what your highlight of this was. What was the highlight of this for you? Saw Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually a little thing that happens in the original cartoon is that Cecil... Uh, Bob, I was like, Steven Spielberg's Bob, in it? <laughs> no, well, Bob, Bob, Bob Clampett uh, you know, pops up in between and Cecil licks, uh, I think, Beanie and Bob Clampett, maybe? Or both? Or one of them? I don't know. He licks somebody in that. So in this case, he licks uh, Steven Spielberg. And I forget if he licks Stephanie as well, but... At any rate, yes, Steven Spielberg's in there. Uh, Nathan, anything you like about this cold opening? <laughs> um, I like seeing the cave guy in it because uh, he's been in every he's in every uh, premiere of Freakazoid, right? Every <laughs> this is true. First episode of every season of we Freakazoid. Need, we need a third season, and Cave Guy needs to yeah, show up. Cave in Guy it. will be in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they have also Booger and, yeah. Beast in it. Booger Beast is there, mm-hmm. and uh, Cobra Queen. And yeah. uh, let's see, some godzilla kind of, uh, I don't know my Godzilla monsters, but one of them looked like a Godzilla Yeah, there was like uh, a Mothra kind of, there was a flying yeah, yeah, like dragon the, thing too. Like, yeah, there was a flying dragon know. in like the caterpillar version of Mothra. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Um, and then, yeah, he, he does, he looks Steph and Steven and, and us. He looks the TV too. Oh, think, yeah. Right? So he's just yeah, looking at everybody. So he, yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah, very cute, uh, quick opening right there. I like the, uh, I don't know, I think the, the part where Steve, there just shows a, a quick clip of uh, Freakazoid sleeping <laughs> was, a, was funny just because, uh, I don't know, it's a cute thing. At any rate, let's go ahead and move on to the main episode. And, of course, that is Dexter's Date. And Dexter's Date was written by Paul Rugg and Alan Burnett, and it was directed by Jack Heater. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in the first part of Dexter's Date? Okay. Um, so Dexter asks Steph out, and um, she reluctantly agrees. And um, then he wants to try to pin her down to an actual you know, date for the date and I guess it takes about six months for them actually to, to go out and she's like, Oh, you remember? And he's like, yeah, I like put in my computer. So he's in the car with Steph in the back seat and his entire family is in the car. I can't believe you remembered. I put it in my computer. Don't get it. Quit it. Oh, am I ruining your little date? Dad! Duncan, mind your apples, huh? Oh, I never get to have any fun. He's pretty embarrassed, because, I mean, I, I would be too, if <laughs> the whole family, <laughs> you know, I know, I guess he's not old enough to drive or doesn't have a car, and, you know, I remember in Karate Kid, like, his mom has to take them to golf and stuff, because he doesn't have a car or a license, but <laughs> still. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is like Dexter's, for Dexter's first date ever. To have yeah. to go with your family. That would, that, yeah, I could imagine that being a very uh, embarrassing situation. Yeah. So they pull up, and I mean, you can already tell it's like a really nice restaurant. Like the the valets or, or whatever are really dressed up. And then his mother, oh my goodness, I, I would want to drop dead. Yeah, she's leaning out the, the passenger side window and says, Have a good time. Have a good time now. <laughs> and, um, very loud and obnoxiously. And um, 
So they go inside, and it's it's like the most lavish restaurant I've ever seen in my life. Like it, it's crazy. I, I, how does he have the money to take Steph out to this place if he doesn't even have a car? He's been saving for six months. Oh, I miss that. <laughs> no, so, I'm just are assuming. You just assuming. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he had to have been. It's crazy. And this must be the lucky lady princess girl. Don't worry, my dear. Oh, he makes this the most romantic night of your life. No, don't. And it's not a first date kind of place. You know, just go for coffee. That's the rule. Go for coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Or you do go to golf and stuff or something. Like, golf and stuff is a good first date. Yeah. Don't take her out. Goodness gracious. So, um, so they get there and it's all really, you know, lavish and, um, and everything. And, um, but meanwhile, Loeb is concocting a, a plan. And he goes to NBC, and they're they're filming uh, an episode of Seinfeld. And um, he's decided he's gonna he's got this contraption. Uh, he's gonna record everything that ever existed on on TV, and he won't ever have to set his VCR again. And because um, back in the old days, people, that's <laughs> what we had to do. We had to like put in a cassette and record things. Because there was yeah. no DVR or TiVo or anything like that. And, you know, we could only record one thing at a time. So, yeah. families fought. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, it got I remember. crazy. My, my mom had, uh, she had uh, Days of Our Lives set up in her room to record Days of Our Every Lives. Every day at 1 o'clock. Uh, yep. Yeah, or two here, <laughs> yes. But, yeah, every day. And if you... Oh my gosh! If you turn that VCR off, mm-hmm. or if if someone came in and messed around with it, or changed the channel, mm-hmm. oh man, she had to find out what happened with Bo and Hope. Bo and Hope, <laughs> they, they were the super couple, man. They oh, yep. and Cruise of Destiny, goodness gracious. So yeah, I recorded Days of Our Lives every day, and you know if the power went out or something, I was screwed, and I'd come home from school and like ah, you know, and it you got ugly. That was so, back in the day where if – like now if you miss an episode, like, okay, well, I'll just catch it on whatever streamer, like on the internet. But, you know, just even 10, 15 years ago, I remember if there was something that delayed Days of Our Lives, they would often have special re-showings of it like late at night or something like that. They would tell people like on the news, on the local news, like, okay, if you miss Days of Our Lives today, <laughs> tune in well, at 11 p.m. <laughs> Never had reruns. No. So, it was, yeah, I mean, if you didn't see it in that 24 hour period, if they reshowed it, I mean, you, and even now, like, you still can't go back and find episodes of Days of Our Lives. Um, like, legitimately, I don't think. I think you can find clips and stuff on YouTube, but, like, if you want to go back and watch an entire season, I mean, just, you can't. Yeah, I'd love to watch some of the old Days of Our Lives from the 90s or, you know, something like that. Because it's, uh, it, it's, it's, some of it was pretty good stuff. I miss oh, stuff. Man. When Carly got buried alive, that was great. So, <laughs> anyway, got way off topic. Um, it's what we do. So, anyway, so Loeb is like, you know, trying to record everything. And um, I guess he's, he's trying to, to work on uh, the last season of Bonanza or something. <laughs> yes. All that's left is to steal the last season of Bonanza, the ones featuring David Canary as Candy. <coughs> Hello? Loeb? Is this the right room? Freakazoid! Look what you've done! 
Sorry, I'm in a hurry. There's a door not ten feet away, a fine invention, you should try it. How did he find out about it while he was on the date? Was it on the news? It was, yes. Or, yeah, it was on the, yeah. The guy, yeah, the, the guy broke free uh, and was able to record it uh, live. He was recording himself yes, that's using right, his that's tibia. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I get for like watching two episodes in one night because I can get all confused. So that's um, right. We should we should make sure that people know. Yeah, Kelly accidentally, because of the way that Tubi is set up, rewatched at least the majority of season one, episode one of Freakazoid all over again. Before I realized before, I'd seen it. Realizing, wait it's a minute, a he's, he's being he's doing low bridge everybody down. Wait, what, what, I've I, seen this. Yeah, before. that's when I exactly when I realized. I'm like, I've seen this before. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so they. So then Freakazoid decides, well, he needs to go do something about it. So he goes and freaks out in the bathroom. and But then Cosgrove, he runs into Cosgrove, and they asks him if he wants to go for a mint. And I'm I'm so confused. Like, like, like a mint? Like a breath mint? But then I think well, they're talking about the, like the, a mint ice cream, maybe? This is, this is where you're getting the two episodes, I think, mixed up. It's basically oh, the same joke. No, this is, he's asking him for, in this episode, he's asking him if he wants to go get some frozen yogurt. Yeah, frozen yogurt. My bad. That's what I am he wants this time. I'm still confused <laughs> by the mint, though. Oh, hi, Cosgrove. The lobe's inside, all packed up and ready to go. Once we're done here, you want to get a fat-free yogurt? <sighs> I can't. I got to get back to my date next time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Years later. <laughs> okay. So he freaked out in the bathroom, and then he goes to the, the TV station. He gets zapped by, like, the, the zapper thing that Lobe made. What do they do next? The um. Well, he sees he sees Cosgrove outside, and then that's when fr- so he gets zapped, goes outside to Cosgrove, and then goes to zoom away, which takes him like a minute to actually get traction or something. How about you kids? Want to get a yogurt? All right, maybe later. Yeah, and he has defeated Lobe, and he, he, he gets them all like contained, wrapped up and everything. And he tells Cosgrove that he's up there and he's detained, but then Lobe escapes. You want to go by the video store and see if they got garden tests? No, you're not listening. I want to go out. I want to have some fun. I want to sing. I want to dance. Dance? I know. The Washington Gardens. We haven't been there in ages. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Washington Gardens? Oh, but boss, that joint is crawling with people. You're a wanted criminal. I don't care. Call Francois. Tell him. Tell him. Loby's coming back. Then they go to, uh, you know, commercial, which is basically like, I'm off to the go to the restaurant. And which restaurant is he going to go to? Well, of course, the same restaurant that Dexter is at with his date. Off to commercial. I'll return after these messages. Hey, put that remote down. Put it down. It's time to take a break and talk about some Patreon news. We have a new patron level that's available to all patrons across the globe. And this is your chance to get a signed Animaniacs or Tiny Toons trading card 
out of Wacko's magical gaggy bag. But you always has your gaggy bag. Where is it? Give me your gaggy bag. That's right. We just opened up a new tier for $15 over at patreon.com slash animaniacast. And for that tier, you'll get hours of bonus audio and video from our show, over 55 episode commentaries from Tom Ruger and writers and directors of Animaniacs, such as Paul Rugg, John P. McCann, Peter Hastings, and Lenore Robinson, as well as getting an original Animaniacs decal. But now you can also get a randomly selected Animaniacs or Tiny Toons trading card signed by show creator Tom Ruger. That's right, if you like blind packaged figure collecting, you're going to love this. Each month, you'll get to select one of four envelopes. And each envelope contains a card featuring the Warners, Pinky and the Brain, an Animaniac side character, and a Tiny Toons trading card. You'll select one envelope and then get to keep whatever's inside. Of course, if you're interested in controlling your selection and picking exactly the cards you want, you can do that as well in our $20 patron level. The month of July also has a special incentive for patrons who contribute at least $10. Each patron over $10 will be getting a keychain featuring Dot Warner, and it really is super cute. So... If you love our show and you want to get a bunch of bonus audio, content, collectibles, then head on over to patreon.com slash animaniacast today. So, uh, we have a bunch of things that happened right there in the first part. Any moments in this uh, first section that made you uh, chuckle, Nathan? Um. I like the mom saying, have a good time now. <laughs> have a good time now. Yes. Uh, she's very funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, and I be- yeah, and I, I believe they, they immediately start doing the callbacks. It's not just the fact that she does have, have a good time now, but that they repeat it like almost immediately. They show that same shot. And that is the biggest running gag in this entire episode is not only mm-hmm. the callback of that, but... Uh, of all the characters in the show are con- continually uh, saying, you know, a line over and over, which must have been great for animation wise, because it was just uh, <laughs> you animate it once, you say it once and you show it five times. Good, yeah. Good time. I mean, I, I um, according to the notes, this was originally going to be a very short episode and then uh, they extended it. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> So, Paul, you had the you had a model for this, right? Yeah. Well, this was something Alan Burnett wrote. He wrote the um, short of this, which was Dexter's Date, and I sort of decided to turn it into something a little longer and do a Hello Dolly number because I think we all agree the kids they love Hello Dolly, they love the, the musicals, the dancing, everything. Um, so, but but this was actually supposed to be in the first season, but the um, the actual Loby musical number was um, first boarded and it was it didn't really have the what we had wanted to be in the um, in Hello Dolly it, it was it was it little... didn't have the parody it, was, it wasn't it, I mean, the whole thing was a direct parody of that of that sequence from Hello Dolly right. and uh, the, it, the board didn't have any of that right. it didn't have any relation to it so it, it needed to be totally restructured to uh, so that you would get the joke 
You, I could see this being a really short one. I could see they how they could do it. You know, cut out some songs and you know, yeah. Well, we'll get into the the main yeah, thrust we'll of the entire that, episode that. in just a moment. But Kelly, uh, I, I guess I should talk about the stuff. I I mean, I liked. There's a lot of things in this uh, first first thing that I that I appreciated, but the uh, uh, the. I remember seeing Seinfeld being parodied when we initially watched this episode and laughing a lot because we used to watch Seinfeld and it was it's so cool. To, Newman. It's like, it was just <laughs> one of those things where you're like, Hey, uh, the, the, uh, I'm, I'm kind of seen. It's kind of like, I'm, I, I know that show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kramer, give me the donut. Never. <laughs> the key to the whole show is Newman. Uh, but yes, that was, that was cool. Um, I don't know, Kelly, anything else in here that's, that you saw that you thought was humorous? Mm, not that I can think of. All right. I will say one more thing. They did do a cultural reference to guarding Tess at one point, which is a, a movie with, uh, I, I, I believe I saw it once in the nineties with Nicolas Cage and Shirley MacLaine. And I remember it being a funny movie. And uh, there you go. At any rate, let's go and move on to the, I guess we call it, technically it's the second and third part, but we're just going to call it the, 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 the second half of the show. Uh, Nathan, what happens next in Dexter's date? Oh, so much. Freakazoid, you know, he's trying to change back into Dexter, trying to freak in. Um, the stall is busy. Not yet! Ooh, sorry. And even when he tries to freak in, he just, yeah, it turns into Oprah. Zoids! I look like Oprah Winfrey! He turns into Gilligan, or the skipper from Gilligan's Island. Alan Hale. (laughs) Skipper Alan Hale? What? Oh, no. Goodbye, little buddies! Judge Ito from the O.J. Simpson trial. So he's turning into these people, and every now and then, he'll become... Dexter, it's very exciting. He's like so excited. He's like kissing the mirror. Oh, it's me! I'm back! Oh, am I glad to see you! <gasps> you have been in here practicing! And of course, Steph's out there wondering where Dexter is. She asked the waiter, like, can you go get Dexter to see if he's still going to the bathroom? Because it's been a couple hours or something. I don't know. Hey! What are you doing? The girl, she thinks you don't like her! Come! And meanwhile, uh, yeah, Loeb is deciding to enter in the uh, the same restaurant as Dexter and Steph. And, you know, he is beloved at this restaurant. Everyone loves him. Uh, they have a whole song saying, Bonjour, Loeb. Bonjour, Loeb. We bonjour, Loeb. We're so pleased that you've come back. We have to scream. Ah! We see your veins, Loby, and your brains, Loby, undulating, calculating, formulating schemes. Let's grow. Possibly a reference to Beauty the Beast or something. I don't know. If, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, or Hello Dolly. Hello, Dolly. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, Bonjour, though, is a whole Beauty and the Beast thing, and that had come out already. So, 
Well, the whole thing is a very much a shot. It's supposed to be, I believe, a lot of shots are almost identical, uh, you know, to, in fact, they might be copied exactly from Hello, Dolly. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure because I um, never watched Hello, Dolly, and I did not take the time to any, to watch the... And other nor will it, I ever. <laughs> I've watched... <laughs> I've watched like five seconds of it or so, like on like, you know, the Oscars or something. They'll show like, and there's Barbara Streisand. She's been to movies and they'll show her in Hello, Dolly. And then moving on to something mm. else. So, yeah, I know. I, I got the reference as a kid, but never really watched the thing. Anyway. Yeah. This, this uh, is an epic song. This song takes like it's four, four and a half, five minutes or so, which is, I think, yeah. It's about a quarter. When you, when you look at that mathematically, this is about a quarter, twenty-five percent of this sh- of this episode, episode is this just song, the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is insane. Uh, and and it's like this is a kid show. This is a kid show, mm-hmm. and they just tossing it all out the window. And we're like, we're gonna, and we're not even gonna do like, you know, we get the point. Like in today, I think in cartoons today, how how long would you do this cartoon? A minute, a minute and a half, maybe two. I don't know. Like you know, I think Family Guy did uh, Shapoopy the whole thing of that when they. That is true. <laughs> the Shapoopy. Of course, I haven't watched Family Guy in five years or something like that, so I don't know what they're still doing these days. But yes, it's. But it's. It's not. It, this is where I, I think. But like you were saying, like Family Guy will do it. But at the time, nobody would do this kind of stuff. That's why Freakazoid mm-hmm. in it. And Family Guy, really that was like 10 years later. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> like, Freakazoid was really ahead of its time when it came to this type of humor, where it's like, you know what, We're, this is obscure, and this is stuff that we as the writers love, but uh, and the kids are probably may not like this at all, but we don't care, we're doing it, and we're going all in. Uh, and they did. <laughs> they certainly did. <laughs> so they did this whole, the whole, whole yeah, song this and dance. whole song. And and then Freakazoid finally goes up to Loeb's table and he's like, hey, Loeb, I don't know, that whole zappy thing, I can't change back into myself and I have this date I'm trying to do. I can't. So, like, but Loeb's upset because the Freakazoid wouldn't, you know, uh, fight him at the uh, when he was trying to take over the news station. Ah, yes, that would be a consequence. It's easily rectified, however. It is? How? Before I tell you, you have to do something for me. What? We have some unfinished business from earlier this evening. I want you to chase me. Uh, you got to be kidding me. All right, never mind. Enjoy your date. <sighs> All right, a little chase. Then you help me. Splendid. Should I start or do you want to? Uh, you you go ahead. Ah! You'll never get me, Freakazoid. Yes, I will. We. <laughs> and so they have a big epic chase. Because uh, that's all Loeb wants. He just wants a little attention. He was just, he just wants to feel like he is um, worthy of being chased, you know. Because, you know, it feels pretty bad if you're just beaten immediately. So, yeah. <laughs> there's a whole chase around the thing. Get on these vehicles. Um, it's fun because Loeb's saying, like, we. <laughs> a lot of it. Um, and, You'll never yeah. get me, Freakazoid. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's so happy to be chased by Freakazoid. And you know Freakazoid's going to catch him. But they have to go all over the tables and everything. Finally, he does get caught. And he tells Freakazoid the solution is he must have some water with salt in it, I think is the... Yep. Like, if you had a sore throat, that's kind of what you would do. Is gargle <laughs> some salt water. But that, that's all you, he needs to do. Um, so Freakazoid turns back into Dexter. My hands! My shoes! My little outie belly button! Hello, little belly button! He has to go apologize to Steph, but Steph is so happy. She had a great time because there was a whole chase that happened and a whole musical number that had happened, all these great things that had happened on the date. And she even gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Did you see the Lobes musical number? It was fantastic. And then he and Freakazoid did this whole routine. I've never seen anything like it. Well, so you've had a good time? Well, yeah. Mwah. and then dexter's mom says have a good time now i mean she gave him a kiss on the cheek even though she had not seen dexter the entire date but she had such a good time without him (laughs) (laughs) it was was such a good this was such a great date the date that you were not here for (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it was a dinner theater show. I mean, the, the, I think the whole restaurant is set up like for this, these kinds of things. Cause you notice like it's a big ballroom and they have tables that are sitting like around the, the whole perimeter, but it's the amount of space that is used in this restaurant. It's a huge restaurant. Uh, but mm-hmm. they, I think they just kind of they haven't had Loby in for so many years to do these things where they're swinging on chandeliers. Well, and, maybe he comes. Yeah, Loby may come in regularly. I don't know. He seems pretty. Well, for many years he hasn't come in, so it's like oh, it was that's a big okay. deal. It was a big deal. These oh. these these waiters really wanted him to come in for a very long time, which is like he's a he's a criminal. But of course, <laughs> this is one of the things I love about Freakazoid is the fact that uh, for, you know the the Lobe it's like these two are a married couple you know oh you never do anything with me anymore you know all this kind of stuff that is so cute between uh freakazoid and the lobe but uh good stuff uh yeah we mentioned uh obviously like the uh the list of celebrities that is shown at the uh this washington gardens uh we had a uh, barbara streisand came in with Dexter's that was like right in front of Dexter's minivan. Barbara Streisand was getting out. Uh, but as we mentioned, Oprah Winfrey, uh, David Letterman, Michael Jackson, Barney, Alan Hale, Judge Ito, and a Bette Midler kind of uh, Gypsy Rose uh, caricature is shown in there as well. And I don't know, I might have missed one or two. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but... Kelly, did you what do you what do you think when you saw oh yeah, and of course there's a weird reference to the PBS telethon where where they're tap dancing <laughs> and they start showing pledges that are coming in uh across the bottom of the screen um with a very funny uh <laughs> very funny uh names from different people. So I saw one of them I know from Animaniacs. Oh, that's right. Yakko donated a dollar, right? A dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Yakko's in there for a dollar. Yeah, uh, it was like, nice uh, reference. Anyway, yeah. But it is. Uh, it was definitely unique. Uh, but Kelly, I gotta know, as a... As, a, as someone who never watched Freakazoid on the initial run, 
Nathan and I, obviously having seen this episode 20-something years ago, remember I remember this episode fondly, but you just saw it literally <laughs> just of an hour or two ago for the first time. <laughs> what did you think about this segment? Um, it was all right. <laughs> I mean, like, um, I skipped most of the musical part, so, but I was running out of time because since I watched the wrong episode, but I, I thought like the, the beginning of it, of the, of the, the show tunes, uh, the animation was really good. And I've actually seen Hello Dolly perform live, um, just a couple years ago. It was part of a season package or something at, at our Fox theater. And so, um, I thought they did a pretty good job. That. I, I just was like, I'm not gonna sit here for the whole thing because I'm I I gotta be on the podcast in like five minutes because I, I watched the wrong episode. So. Well, this is Sorry. late breaking. We are. This is like, and you want to know about initial thoughts? This is initial thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and no, I did th- I, I'm not holding back. Yeah. She's, uh, uh, but I did forget one reference right there. Speaking of the Hello Dolly song, though, he. Uh, Freakazoid does when he's uh, going into the different uh, celebrities does turn into Louis Armstrong, who of course was featured in the movie. I, I thought it was a kind of a cool gag though when he's going between all these different celebrities, having you know having being zapped by that electrical cord at the television studio. It kind of made mm-hmm. sense that he was going into different celebrities. It wasn't just random uh, stuff like that. Um, but it just shows you kids don't pull the cord. Don't pull the cord like that because you don't, you will get zapped. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Nathan, is there any other things in this in this uh, second part of the Dexter State that you really liked? Um, I really liked that the writers were able to save the Earth by <laughs> writing this. And I felt really good knowing that um, each day that dawns over this great big blue planet of ours... Is due to the brave individuals that wrote that song. We should we should talk about what the heck Nathan's talking about because at the end, <laughs> Kelly knows <laughs> she read it uh, during during the credits. Of course, this is a this a, a you know back since Tiny Tunes, you'll see these little gag credits and stuff. But today today's gag credit was really I think the longest we've ever seen. I think <laughs> so long. <laughs> I think there, I think there might be at least one longer one, at least more mm. than one slide, at least in one episode of Freakazoid. So this may not be the longest one, but this is a very it's a long uh, one though. Yeah. It's long. It says one time a spaceship full of aliens came down and kidnapped our writing staff. The aliens threatened to blow up the Earth with a solonite a solonite bomb. Unless the writing staff wrote a big, splashy musical number for the Loeb. The writing staff worked for days on the song. The aliens were so pleased with it, they agreed not to blow up the Earth. So the next time someone says, I don't know why they did a real long, that, <laughs> did that real long musical number in Freakazoid. You can tell them. You can tell them of the time a ragtag group of cartoon writers saved the Earth from destruction. And that each new day that dawns over this great, Big blue planet of ours is due to these brave individuals. So there you go. I hope you folks are happy out there. Uh, but this episode does make me very happy. It is, uh, I don't know, I don't think it's necessarily the, the best episode of Freakazoid, but it makes, like I said, it's it's iconic. It's very unique uh, for me. And um, 
even like little, I think there's a bunch of improv moments in this one as well. Like Rob Paulson as the maitre d', like looking down at this kind of like uh, the reservation booklet and it's all written in Latin. It's like, which is, I think usually, <laughs> it's like usually like that's, I think, done in cartoons just because the background, it's, you know. Well, it takes the, more to animate letters. Yeah. Exactly. So they just do like chicken scratch and lines. Just chicken scratch and lines. So he's just like, oh, why is this thing all in Latin? Uh, <laughs> and it's, it was like, that's funny because it's calling attention to the fact that there is, this is just done cheaply or just, you know what I mean. You have a reservation? Douglas. Dexter Douglas. Oh, who put all this in Latin? Ah, oh, yes, your mommy makes a reservation. It was good, good stuff. And of course, like just the callbacks of, the waiter going, oh, so nice. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> uh, and that is one happy man. That is one happy man. With the medulla. I think mm-hmm. only one of the henchmen had a name. I don't, I was, I'm guessing the other one is Oblongata, it's, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah, it is exactly It that. is? <laughs> Do, yeah. Does he ever say his Medulla name? Medulla No, it's just, it, they're credited as that, though. Okay, but. okay, good. All right. Medulla well, and Oblongata. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. Well, uh, I guess I think it's time to get to our water tower rating. Well, out of five water towers, how many would you give this episode of Freakazoid? Let's go with Kelly first. Kelly, how many would you give this episode? Um, well, I was going to give it three, because it's kind of, like, not great to me, but it wasn't <laughs> bad. I mean, I, I just didn't laugh at anything, but y'all know, like, Freakazoid, I love Paul Rugg, and I think he does a great job with the character, but, um, it's just, I, I don't know, I didn't grow up with it the way I did. <laughs> so it was fine, um, but I'll give it three and a half with the extra half, because Spielberg appeared briefly. <laughs> That's true. There you so, go. So that'll that'll bring it up a little bit. All right, Nathan, what do you think? Um, I'll go with a four. I think I, I you know I really liked it, but um, yeah, I think there was you can kind of tell it was like a uh once a short in episode one or season one it was supposed to be a short, and then you can feel it kind of got um yeah a little bit elongated. But it was still very funny and some very good callback jokes in it and everything. So, Freakazoid is was a show that was produced like none other because it seems like everything was so much under the deadline, uh, you know, like under the gun of how to get everything done in time. And John P. McCann is back on Twitter right now and has been posting a lot of notes that uh, he has saved over the years from him uh, in the development of Freakazoid and. A lot of things were just kind of like you could tell, like they were come, they were trying to come up with, like how do we, how do we, what, what are we doing in this episode? What are we doing? And for them to say like, let's just put the whole Hello Dolly thing in there is uh, admirable. <laughs> they think. had to delay the uh, the episode release for because the animators weren't getting the Hello Dolly uh, framing yeah. right. Oh, so gosh. just. <laughs> so yeah but it also means like they weren't that rushed in getting it out which is nice they they took the time to make sure the storyboards actually had the the hello dolly parody down so yeah nice. well i'm gonna again i'm gonna give this one a four and a half 
And that is just because of its iconic nature. And it has a lot of things in Freakazoid that I, even though this is not, I think, my favorite episode of Freakazoid, like I said, it's it's one of the standout ones for me. The, the callbacks, the repeated lines, the showing of the live action footage uh, during the Hello Lobby song, the fact that they did the entire Hello Lobby song. To, to begin with, um, I think takes a, it shows a lot of guts, and it showed that they just were willing just to do anything, and it really made this show, especially back then in the in the mid '90s, watching this on Kids WB, if you were lucky enough to find it, uh, was it, it stood up apart. I mean, it was of course Animaniacs and Pinky the Brain, but. Even I mean, Freakazoid compared to them was just do, it was doing new stuff, and this mm-hmm. was definitely different, uh, especially back then on Kids WB when he had Wayne Head and Earthworm Jim. I mean, the, if you guys want to watch any of those cartoons on YouTube or something, I I dare you to try to get through an episode. They're pretty bad. So <laughs> I'm giving this for all those reasons. I've got to give it four and a half. Um, uh, this is a kids show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that you can watch on Tubi. Brought to you, you by Tubi. On, <laughs> yes. Oh, and if you're lucky enough to have the DVD of this episode um, on season two DVD, you can hear Richard Stone do those temp tracks. Uh, he has a whole temp track, uh, you know, uh, they, that they saved, where it's Richard Stone singing the song, and it's the it's the whole thing, and it's actually wow. I'll, I'll play a little bit of it right now, just because I think it's it's pretty interesting to listen to, because this, is, of course, is what they would do with really any of the songs, like Randy Rogel would do them uh, with a lot of his, uh, you know, all of his music and stuff like that that he would record, and so they they did it, and Richard Stone uh, did the initial singing of it, so it's it's interesting. This is for Freakazoid. Bonjour, Lobby. And one, two, three, four, two, two, three. Bonjour, Lobby, we bonjour. Lobby, we're so pleased that you've come back. We have to scream. We see your veins, Lobby, and your brains. Lobby, undulating, calculating for me. Schemes, let's throw a big party for our big smarty. We're just pleased as punch to see your big fat head. Oh, wow, 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 waiters. Loby wants a bowl of chow, waiters. Don't forget a big old plate of bread. As a criminal, I shouldn't show my face. So years in seclusion I've spent. But now I realize it's okay to show my face. If anyone squeals, I'll entomb them in cement. In thick cement. Bonjour, we oui, bonjour, Lobi. Oh, bonjour, gosh, bonjour, Lobi. Lobi's back and feeling higher than a car.
bonjour. Nobe, how are you doing? Just fine. Nobe, I'm so pleased that you've come back. I has to scream. Well, go ahead. I see your veins. They're all mine. Nobe, and your veins. Aren't they something? Nobe, undulating, calculating, formulating schemes. Let's throw a big party for the I'm just pleased at punch to see your big fat head. See how big it is? Oh, it's a big fat head. Loving food, waiters, make five riders stew. Yeah, don't forget a big old plate of bread. Well, I think it's time to go ahead and get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people find you online? Oh, uh, oh, Twitter, uh, Django FT. That's me. All right, and Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y O D A P R N C S S. All right, and as for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and of course, you can check out our Retro Zap archives by going to animaniacast.com. That'll take you over to Retro Zap, where you can see all of our previous episodes, and you can go to a bunch of uh, other things on Retro Zap as well. Check out amazing articles written by Jovial J. Shepard and, uh, you know, a lot of other fantastic podcasts as well, including Dork Lair uh, and, of course, Enjoy Stuff. If you're, if, you're, if you're looking for a podcast that is not negative, you got to listen to Enjoy Stuff. And, of course, there's, of course, a pod, podcast Stardust, which is a fantastic Star Wars podcast that releases new episodes all the time. So RetroZap is the place to be. Uh, and as for us, if you want to go to uh, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and follow us on there. Interact with the show in any way you want. I just found out today on one of my little podcasts, I listen to podcasts about podcasts, and they told me that the number one way to make sure people know about your podcast is to have your listeners, number one, follow you on Apple Podcasts and also interact interact with us on there. Uh, you know, like or you know, like us on there or whatever. Share us. Comment. Oh. Comment. <laughs> Ratings and reviews apparently don't yeah. do that much. The, you know, that's oh, not right. important. That's not that important apparently. But still do it. Still do it. It's always fun <laughs> to read those stuff. But uh, number one, of course, sharing our podcast with with your friends, uh, like minded individuals. That's the way to make sure that uh, our podcast grows. And if you'd like to support our podcast, head on over head on over to patreon.com slash animaniacast. You can get a lots and lots of bonus audio and, of course, creator's commentary series with the creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger. In fact, in fact we also have uh, Paul Rugg and John P. McCann, who's special guests on there as well for some commentaries. So it's a lot of fun and a lot of special uh, features and and incentives over there. So patreon.com slash animaniacast is the place to go for all that. So with all that out of the way, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.